0: Murphy, the veteran, the sidestep, the banana, Mark Murphy! Might have no choice.
1: It starts right, it swings back! What a goal!
2: Hello and welcome back to the Unlucky Blues podcast. I'm your host Luke, JB and Tassa with me yet again in what is a... Well, I think it's just fair to say it's just a very disappointing week for Carlton fans. The faithful of the club will feel very let down by the abysmal performance that was put on display for us Saturday, Saturday afternoon against North Melbourne. Obviously, we lost by 39 points. And I think it's fa- fairly safe to say that that means season 2021 is more than over for the Blues. Tass, talk to me, mate. How are you?
0: In the wise words of one... JB I am disappointed but not surprised Um, special occasion to Mark Ed's 200 a chance to be half a game out of the 8 at the end of the round considering those above us lost and you know just an all round chance to again show that we're really not as bad as we think we are but another reality check hits us and there is nothing left to say other than clean out the whole football department. So I'll leave it at that for now.
2: Yeah, there you go. I mean, I think you, you've summed up what I think a lot of people are feeling right now. It's as you said, in the wise wise words of JB, I think he says it every week. I mean, I'm not going to repeat it because we're going to probably hear it about 50 times tonight, but I think it's just, it's just disappointing. Uh, we really... And I, I, you know what this this loss did to me, actually? It's made me reflect on the season as a whole. We've just been ordinary the whole way through. Even when we win, I don't think... We, I think the only game where we've had a, a good convincing win was that first win against Frio. I can't... The other wins... And even then, like that was against an absolutely depleted team. Otherwise, we've never had a convincingly good four-quarter game and it's just atrocious, really. Injuries—it doesn't matter what injuries we've had. It's not good enough. JB, how are
1: you? Oh yeah, pretty great. Um, yeah, I was, and my sentiment was like, I can't be angry at this loss, because yeah, I'm not. So su- I'm not surprised. You can't be frustrated. I'm just, yeah, disappointed. Like when Carlton lost to Essendon, I think twenty nineteen when Bolton when Bolton was done I was the a bit Coven angry because it's like that was I, got, I was angry then when we were down by 70 points at halftime to free I think 2018 I was angry then but this time no it's I've cut up my Mikey I'm off the I'm off the Teague train I was <laughs> I was a bit iffy the past three four weeks despite that everyone like that game against Geelong was a lot of people thought wasn't too bad I'd find it to be I find it to be pretty horrendous. So, um, this one was just another, as much as we said and predicted a win, all of us did considering it was a bottom team after that, after recording and just the more the week went on, it, it felt, it fell perfectly for us to lose and not in a manner where we lost by North playing out of their skin and us playing out of their skin. It's us by being terrible. Um, Ed's 200th. We saw we couldn't get up against Collingwood for Sam Doherty's 100th. How are we going to get up against the bottom team for Ed, Ed Kerner's 200th? You go. Oh, it's it's going to be an interesting off season and whatever may happen, the review is going to be interesting. I for one hope that a head coach is required at the, end of the at the end of the day. So um, yeah. Despite all the injuries, the performance was shocking and people are going to say, oh but David T can't hit the targets. David T can't chase, but he's created, he's half of it's half of it. Well, the set shots maybe, but half of it is he's creating a culture that should want to do that. Should want to chase, should want to hit targets, set standards and he hasn't done it. So yeah, as bad as it was, and I guess how much my, my lower back in Buttocks hurt from falling down so far up in the clouds for the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah, in, Yeah, it's been an it's been interesting week. and It'll be even more interesting against St Kilda.
2: It's so interesting. You've both been very clear in the fact that you want off-field change. You want to see, the as you said, Tass, you want to get rid of the whole football department. JB, you've made it very clear that you're well and truly off the Teague train. So, do you think that is that basically the off-field uh, staff, all the coaching staff, they're the ones to blame? It's not the players, or is it a bit of both? Tas, what do you think?
0: No, it's uh, I. You can't play to a high standard if you don't have a standard in the first place. So, the standards come from the coaches, driven by the leadership, which is another story that we can get into later. But you know, for right now. The coaching group should be driving the standards. The football department should be driving the standards of the coaches and the coaches should be driving the standards of the players. Now, it seems to me that there is no off-field leadership in the football department whatsoever. I haven't seen or heard from Brad Lloyd since he got the job. Um, And I'll I'll get into Brad Lloyd later, don't you worry. Um, And quite frankly, I mean, there's clearly no standards that the players are being held to because... Their set shot kicking is abysmal, and I don't care. Some people think they're low percentage shots, I don't care. The only low percentage shot that I know of for a football that's paid five hundred thousand dollars a year is from the boundary. And I mean, I went to the park during the third quarter and just hit five in a row on the wrong side, so it can't be that difficult if I can do it. Um, that's a joke, by the way. Um, no, but seriously, like. Yeah, you should sign me up, mate. I'd be bo- split in the to... middle straight through.
1: We'd be we'd be great forward pockets, I reckon. Oh, we would be. <laughs> we would be. That's this is the Nothing thing. Nothing to do with structure. Just run and kick and. I thought you were going to say it. the lowest percentage um, lowest percentage shot was going to be from directly in front.
0: Well, considering... that's the problem though, JB. It is that that is the most difficult shot these days because none of them actually practice from directly in front. They all want to practice the spectacular from the boundary, don't they? So, you know, there's so many problems going around. We'll get into it as we go on, but just, you know, as a, as a short snippet, it's, it's got to do with leadership. It's got to do with standards. It's got to do with the total lack of structure that doesn't exist. And players need something to default on when they're not going well.
1: I was going to say, yeah, I'd say it's more, like, it's more like, almost like 90% coaches, 10% the players. Like if you had every player or at least 25 to 30 with that drive of like a Sam Walsh, you wouldn't have to have coaches. Exactly. Because they'd they'd be that driven and that committed to do to win, it'd be all right. Yep. But when you don't, when you've got players like, oh, can I can't single out. I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to single out yet. But we got some players that don't have that drive, and it's a job for them. You're not going to. You need that culture, and you need everyone else to, I guess, lift them up in terms of those standards. So, yeah, it's. It was you talk about low percentage shots, but as well. But I think it's down to the coach and the system to create. High, more high percentage chances. I could talk about Geelong 113, run 113. A lot of them run on the boundary and not going to kick them so surprisingly considering we can't kick them from any right front. So yeah, it's it's definitely more of the coaches. It's on a little bit of the players, but not as much as the coaches.
2: I mean, I'm of the opinion. I think, I, I do agree. I think the coaches, the whole coaching staff in the football department need to be held accountable for what they aren't doing uh, because it's not necessarily anything that they are doing. It's what they aren't doing. And I think the players can't get away with it either though. And I think it's unfair if we just blame it on the, the coaches. I think the, the players quite frankly are better than what they're producing. Now, obviously we had a lot of, it, everything was sort of up in the air and, um, Come Saturday, because at the end of the day, we had no, no tall options with Mackay being laid out, just adding to the conspiracy. So, you know, Cripps goes forward, Kennedy goes forward. It was um, it was a bit shambles. But then, you look at like Wiedering, for example, Weedering who, in my opinion, is still the all Australian fullback. Worst game of the year, cops seven to Nick Larkey But even like, even so, it's not Wiedering.
1: It's...
2: Sorry, go, ja- sorry, go ahead, sorry. David. If
1: you want to continue, I'll, I'll. Just, I'll... I was gonna make a point, but if you want to finish your sentence, I'll
2: Okay, okay. So what I was gonna say is I love Wiedering, but at the end of the day, he let the team down there because he quite convincingly, quite convincingly lost his battle. That's in my opinion. I see you guys shaking it. I don't know how you can justify him uh I don't know how you can justify him not being at blame oh. for that battle, that one on one um sort of matchup. He got smashed. That's a player who lost his matchup to who I consider a below average AFL key forward. What, what do you guys want to say?
1: On Wiedering, okay, he didn't have a great game, but he's not helped when you're getting absolutely demolished in the midfield. I agree, I agree. Easy, when they're getting easy walks, Wiedering can just stand them like, what else we can do? Like, what more do you really <laughs> like? And then I think, I'd think i say about four, four of them Maybe four or five were on on him because he kicked a couple in the fourth quarter when it's still too many when the game was done. He decided to try and change something. Go figure. Uh, it's it's after you cop seven goals in a row that you decide to change something when the game's done. But um, we'll get more to that later. But, but Wiedering, yeah, he didn't have he didn't have his best game, but I think to say he was at fault for like the horrible performance. Um. Uh, I'm
2: I'm of the opinion right though that if you've seen how good a play can be so Weidering, we know how good weering is he rarely loses his 1v ones he it's that's his that's just what has made him the elite key defender that he isn't today and so we hold him at that high standard as we should and so a game like that on the weekend that is a clear disappointing performance by him every player should be held accountable for the to what their best is we shouldn't accept mediocrity from any player any coach nothing if this was coach if this was a coaching situation and let's say the coach was at fault for weedering copping seven because he, there was some weird strategy going on we'd blast the coach so wietering has to be held accountable and blamed for it but, you know even if it was only four or five goals it's still uh, it's nick larky like um i mean no offense to Nick larky i'm sure he's gonna have a great afl career but right now that's just not who he is and it's a joke because Carlton is, is still to this day that club who you you target when you want to beat like a record or something. Nick Larkin and your personal best is against Carlton. I'd love to see how many plays in the league's personal best come against Carlton. It'd be an absurd number, I reckon.
1: They just don't just don't respect Carlton. They just didn't Well, they look at oh, I I'm, what if, I feel like the teams look at Carlton just that they'd have that they have that giggle, just like <laughs> Carlton. mm mm-hmm. so how we go. You never know what you are going yeah. to get. Either going to, like, like it's also like Plamman had four kicked on him, I think. Taron Thomas was really, Taron Thomas talked to We I, I, I think, he'll be a great player. But if anyone's kicking four and it's not a key four, you got some issues. But yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't a great game, was it?
0: There's just so much that just. I mean, I want to say there's so much that went wrong, but was it ever right in the first place? Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, was there anything Was there, anything there in the first place that we can say, right, that works? Because nothing that we have done this year has been due from structure, game plan, or um, yeah, it was structure and game plan. No, nothing, no, no games that we have won this year have been through structure and game plan. Every game that we have won, you know what I'm going to say, in the wise words of the great Ned Zelich, <laughs> individual brilliance and imagination and fantasy. Um, they've all been through through individual brilliance, through people and players taking the game upon themselves to go to that next level and win it. Like Walsh last week, 38 touches, and Mackay's last quarter, four goals. That wasn't due to structure. They were tactics. That was due to players taking the game on themselves and saying, right, we're not losing this game. Now, we didn't have that presence on Saturday. Was it? It was Saturday. Yeah, we didn't have that presence on Saturday or that willingness to do that. And there's no if there's nothing to default to, then where do you go? Like if there's a game plan in place and a structure that says, right, if you're not sure what to do, you do this or your role is defined as that, then you know that that's what you're going to be doing and that's what the coach believes will win the game for you or get the best possible outcome it's very it, it, it can be very simple like the the game doesn't have to be all this tactical movement about oh you have to lead here for this long and you have to go here and then the next pass has to go here and you have to chip it there and the short chip acceptance has to go over there it's like <laughs> you know it, it can be simple like it's lock it in set up a defensive wall outside the 50 these things that just the basic premise of winning the ball back that just don't seem to exist for us and never have like it it's it just it, it's certain things that even us ourselves, the three of us sitting here, the boys on the cast, they talk about it. The boys at the navy Blue Corner. Like, if we can sit here and come up with these things and point them out, then what the hell is the coaching group that's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars doing? Like, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Like, you think with us having a shorter forward line, I knew we'd have to try and hit people on the lead a lot more often. But even then, when the ball's in our forward line, they just moved it out so easily. It was one kick away and they walked it out every single... You'd think with a smaller forward line, you'd be a bit more nimble, be a bit quicker and you'd be able to apply more ground pressure. I was surprised that... that no, I wasn't surprised that that wasn't the case, but I thought at least that was going to be one tactic available, but I guess not. They just moved it way too easily out of the back line and we got we copped... How many guys end up kicking? What, 18? What, what was it? Four, 13 of them were from the back half.
0: It was 18-8, eight, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, and more than 13 com- of them were from the back half.
0: And it comes yeah. down
2: to what you said uh, last week, Tass. It was that kick that we give up just to that 50-meter line. It exactly. Does, and we, it's not it's not like it's on the boundary. We give it up right in the middle of the ground on the 50. They The whole ground opens up from that point. And, sorry, JB, did you have more to add to that? Because I, I was going to go on with something. No,
1: not really. I was just saying you, we copped goals from the same type. It was the yeah. same thing happening over and over. You'd think after the third or fourth time, oh, maybe we should change something. Maybe something should change. Maybe we should change something. Like... Even if you just put a...
0: Even if you like... All their goals in the third quarter, seven of them, they all came the same way. Right? Counter through the middle. Transition through the middle. And that's North's game style. And that's fine. Good on David Noble for having a defined game style because it proves if you have a defined game style, you're going to beat teams, mate. You're going to beat teams. (laughs) You're going to beat the shit teams, definitely. Yeah. 100%. And we are the the shit teams. We are are the shit teams. And it's like, well, if we can see sitting on our asses at home that that's the way North Melbourne plays, then what is they doing in the box to try and counter that? Like plonk a couple of players in the centre to stop that corridor run. Push them wide, mate. Like do something. Even if it doesn't work, I don't care. I want to see doing something proactive in the coach's box, but they just don't. The The most creative thing they could come up with is putting Weedering bloody full forward like they did three years ago.
1: And even then, that came after us copping seven goals in a quarter, and the game <laughs> effectively being finished. Oh, so, so
2: you know, you know what the word, the most frustrating uh, coaching thing oh. I thought was. Now, obviously, Harry Mackay was the laid out, and always came in, which I mean, it's to sound something, but he was the most like to like replacement being a forward who is who can kick goals. Um, obviously, there was there's no real option otherwise, other than always to come in in that situation because um, all our players are injured, all our keys anyway. So obviously we saw at the first bounce, uh, Cripps went straight to full forward. And you know what the most, what I found frustrating was they clearly just said to Cripps, go play full forward on Ben Mackay, which is fine. But that's that's, what, that's where it ended. They didn't say, hey, maybe this is what you need to do to beat him. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to think, hey, Ben Mackay, he's the same as Harry McKay, which means he's pretty big, which means he might be able to outmark Cripps in a one-on-one if they're standing still. Now, I know Cripps is a big oh, dude God. and can usually beat the player, but Ben Mackay is a giraffe. We play with his twin brother every freaking day at Icon. We, they play with his twin brother, who's the exact same thing, except just at the other end of the ground and kicks on the other foot. How can you not know boy. how can you not know that Cripps is probably not going to beat him one-on-one, just standing there? Tell him to lead. We saw Matt Kennedy. Obviously, he knew straight away when he got there, he started leading. But I don't reckon they told him that. I reckon he just sort of thought, well, Crips can't do it, so how am I going to do it? Kennedy led. Now he didn't get the ball much, but there was no instruction there. Now OEs and Betts were running around like headless chooks. Jack Martin, thankfully, was somewhat of a marking target and I thought he actually had a really good game um, in comparison to a lot of the others and Silvani well he was playing that second ruck roll and he couldn't find it it was just a shambolic forward line there was no cohesion and it's a worry that one player going out and yes albeit the Colmer medalist right now the fact that he was a late out and then we were just shambles That's just so bad. We shouldn't rely on one player like that. And for years, Cripps was that one player we relied on. But nowadays, it's obviously Mackay. And I I don't see how that changes because realistically, Charlie Curnow is not going to be amazing for the next few weeks when he comes in. I mean, we can't expect it, even though I think we all would love to see it. And I think in the future, but we can't expect that for the rest of this season. So, I mean, I don't know where you go. I don't know where you go from this, JB.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Kurnow plays, to be honest. I mean,
2: he'll play, yeah, but yeah, we can't pretty, rely on him being our best player yeah, on the field.
1: He can't, but he'll, he, he needs something, I think, to, to change. But, but one thing on, surely they knew Mackay wasn't a chance to play from earlier in the week.
0: They did, because you can see they, they, photos they of Cripps playing Next forward. They, Cripps was playing and, on Liam Jones in training, so they knew. I don't necessarily... like. I'm, I'm cutting you off, I know, but I don't necessarily have a problem with the, them announcing it at the last minute. But what I have a problem with is them not preparing properly for it.
1: Just like, yeah, just chuck him in there because he's... Yeah, that was the one thing that really pissed me off. It's like, okay, Cripps forward. It's it's something different to try. It does take a bit of a load of off him physically in the midfield, whatever. But then seeing him just stand and wrestle every time, oh, when it, especially... Especially after the first time. If the first time, okay, I'll try it, see how I go, and it doesn't work, what's the point of keep doing it again? It's it's the de- I think I said this a million times before. It's so the again. definition of, of insanity.
2: But you know what you know what doing I think the, it also doing
1: the same thing expecting a different result.
2: You know what the thing is, uh, I think with Crips, I think uh, I realistically think he wasn't ready to come back in. I think the the plan was the I think the plan the whole time was for him to play full forward all the, the whole game. We found ourselves in a bit of a tussle which meant we had to get him on the ball just to give him just so we could use him for his, obviously his biggest strength, which is his clearance work. We needed him around there because we're getting smashed. We put him on the ball and he just looked dead. I don't know. There was something about, I just don't think, he just doesn't have that explosive step that he had two, three seasons ago. He just doesn't have it anymore. And it's because he's, it's simply because he's just playing so sore. How's he meant to move? He, even if he was leading, Ben McCoy will run straight past him. He's not, he's, he doesn't have like that speed behind him. Athletic. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's on Crips. at the end of the day. I thought Cripps was our best player. Um, he, he managed to kick three goals, uh, most of them from the midfield, I think, or at least one of them, one on the boundary. Can't remember what the third one was, but, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it was, it was shocking. And, yeah, as I said, I just don't know where to go from here because, I mean, I'm of the opinion I think most people would be we we shut up shop and we, as as um, a famous line in Carlton history, recent history is uh, play the kids, get the kids out there and get some games. You know, we've only had one debutant this year, Luke Parks.
1: It was it was Parks? Yeah, Luke Parks. Are the rest of them injured?
2: Yeah, they've, every time they've been likely to get a call up here or there, injured, bang. Even even Josh Honey, he he's he's been people have been people have been calling for him. He's now injured.
1: Yeah. So I mean, shouldn't ask for people to buy
2: Well, I mean, uh, Actually, I'll I'll bring this up now. What what was the guy with the Brody Kemp thing? So if if in case in case you um in case you weren't on the social media, um or you don't really follow Carlton groups or anything, on social media. Basically, which to be
0: fair, which to be fair is probably a good thing. I don't blame you one hundred percent. Well, it's it's a
1: bit hard for me to follow now. If I've been, uh, if I've been. I've been uh, to to use the term, like, like a boy listed, boy listed from another group. Figure, well,
0: uh, um, <laughs> he
2: said listed, He knows. <laughs> <laughs> we um, so they there was a video going around of Carlton players, um, doing the traditional sort of first game thing where. You're at training and the coach gives the player the ball and says, you're 20 metres out directly in front. If You slot the goal. You're playing on the weekend. And Brody Kemp was the player with the ball. He slots it. Everyone gets around him. There's a player in the background and no idea who this player was, but there's someone who yells out, he's in. Team's come out. He's an emergency. Mark Murphy was an emergency. So obviously Murphy was going to be the sub so he can get to 300 games. What the hells it going with that? I, what do what do you make of that task? Cuz I'm confused. What do
0: I make of that? It's the Carlton propaganda media machine, mate. They they're doing what looks good. That's all it is. They're just doing what looks good. They're trying to paint the story, trying to paint a narrative. It's a bit like the government these days, you know, they're just trying to paint a narrative. They don't tell you the facts, they just try and paint a narrative.
1: They're giving you they're giving you the hope just so they can snatch it right away.
0: Exactly.
2: And and, and it's a yeah. shame because the the reality is Brody Kemp's probably now going to come in this week. For Zach Williams, who's been he's gone down injured and he's probably gonna miss a couple weeks. Just rest him. Which and I'm of the opinion of if he's if he's only gonna be back for you know the last round, you may as well put him on ice for the season. But Kemp's probably gonna come in this week, Um, and it's a bit anticlimactic now. I mean, we should be really excited about Kemp because he's a great young prospect and you know he's a player who the club has put a lot of faith into. And yet, he, if when he does debut, it's gonna be it's gonna feel a bit weird now because everyone was expecting it to happen last week after that video went went around the around the wire. So, yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot going on where it's, it's sort of just eye rolling stuff. It's like, what's what what is happening to this club? And
0: yeah, I don't know. There's just Betting- so much off, man. There's just so much off. Like bad smell there's a bad smell like, nothing makes sense down there you know like it, the conclusions that we draw like sometimes i think they can be significantly far-fetched but then if you take a step back and actually analyze the deep thought and and, and look for signs of the conclusions that we draw it's like well they're not actually as far fetched as as one might think, you know. Some people probably listen to us and think we're absolute idiots, and that's fair enough. Like, I don't care, but like, it's 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 almost I don't even know like how to describe it. it
2: the just things we help say,
0: or, you just can't help but wonder what goes through their heads. As we've said already, yeah,
2: in the, like,
0: yeah, it's like, well, what do you do these things, it, like? Like that Brody that, that Brody Kemp thing, like clearly, clearly it was staged because There's nothing a, came of it.
2: But, but it's like you but, said,
0: co- coaches do that, right? You kick a goal, you're in. Like it's a it's a common thing, yeah. But the social media guy was there ready to capture it. You know, but It's yeah, like you know okay. What?
2: It's fine if he's there to capture it, but then follow through and give him the game. Not only does it not not only is it shit for the fans. How shit would it be for Kemp? Oh, we're going to use yeah. you this week. We're going to use you. So the fans get excited, but you're not actually going to play. So what the hell was the point of it in the first place? What would have have
1: Kemp been told? Surely he would have been told or he'd He'd be be under the impression that he's playing.
2: Yeah. What do they say? Oh, Harry Mackay's gone down with an injury. And so we're going to put this guy in and this guy in, but you're going to actually not play now. Like it doesn't make sense. Like it just doesn't make sense. So it's just, yeah, it's backwards thinking. And I mean, I wouldn't be, as I said, I think Kemp comes in this week. Probably, um, I think we'll probably start trying to give a few players um, who haven't been in the best twenty-two some some games now. Lockie O'Brien might be one to come in. We might see. I mean, I don't know. If, he's got to find. I don't him. know who's. I don't know who's fit anymore. But Sam Ramsey, if he's there, might get a game. Jack Carroll, Corey Dern.
0: I don't know who's injured who's gonna, anymore. <laughs> who's going to be the uh, the one day before match day injury?
1: Waukee O'Brien's no. got to, still got to find the keys to get out of the morgue. He's finished.
0: Yeah, he'll get the Carlton morgue. Man, he's is at the Carlton bottom morgue. of the Elliot's team.
1: Like, uh, like uh, I was actually so surprised. I didn't. And must have just been my age. I didn't really notice the whole thing with um, the John Elliott. John Elliott's in the Carlton morgue. Just don't speak of him. Just don't speak of the. Just there's some play. Some people. Some players. code, Whatever a Carlton. You just don't speak of. Locky O'Brien's in that Carlton morgue. It's actually the cemetery around the corner. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, oh, it's it's a, so annoying just to see because you want to give him every chance to always prove themselves, and he has one, he has a few mistakes in round one, and all of a sudden he's finished. I found that a that's bit unfair, the, especially considering. That's why, especially yeah. considering Sometimes a lot of players were gifted games, but um.
0: Well, you know, yeah, my I, dad put it perfectly. He goes, "Would he do any worse than what Cottrell does? Ten disposals at forty-six percent or whatever?
1: But he runs You know, it's like. Breaks time trials. (laughs) Does the time trial really good. Well, I think. Sorry, JB. Sorry, for me, Cottrell, as nice as you are, and uh, you might do the nice dances and the celebrations, you're a skinnier wranger, Ed Kerner That's for me. I just (laughs) find that just runs
2: with a little less skill as well.
1: Even then.
0: Careful, careful. We might get blue listed. Careful with what you say, uh,
2: the words uh, you use. Anyway, well, well I mean, I, I don't really want to talk too much about the game itself. I don't think there's much to say other than that it was just an all-round disappointment. One thing I will ask you is Harry Mackay, obviously he's, I think, six goals ahead of Tex right now. And I I believe I just I saw a report saying he's touch and go for this next game against St Kilda. Mm. Are your thoughts what are your thoughts on him? Do you think we put him on ice or do and give him another week off? or do you think it's a good thing if we get him out there and get him to bring home the Coleman? What are your thoughts, Tass?
0: We've got no one else mate <laughs> like...
2: No, but forget, forget the result. The result's irrelevant these days anymore because realistically we're not making finals. Who cares about the trouble? It's about getting players on the park. Do you think you, you give Harry Harry games even if he's not hundred? percent
0: a good question you ask if I'm perfectly honest Um, in the grand scheme of things like what's the Coleman like you know we've got far bigger problems than to worry about the Coleman medal I mean like I'd rather if Look, it's actually, it, 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 you can go either way because you can go the perspective where you're just playing, there's four games left, and it doesn't matter if he gets injured because he's got all of the preseason to recover. Or you go the perspective, well, I don't really want to worsen his injury and forget about the Coleman because it's you know, pretty much irrelevant now. Um, so, yeah, I am I, I won't sit on the fence. I'll say, I'll say, play him. Um, I'll say, play him just. You know, just purely because we've got no one else there and we we'll, won't have a forward line if he doesn't play.
2: I th- I think it's important that we get him out there. And I, I, I think it would kill his confidence if he didn't go on to win the Coleman this year, given the fact that with five rounds to go, he was up by 10. Now he's up by six with four rounds to go. Realistically, it's a lead you should probably be holding on to. I think if he lost it, he'd probably... It's probably the shining light of what is a really really bad Carlton season. That I think not only does do we need, but personally I think he would really um I think just love to have that common medal. I think it's a great award that gets rewarded to the the he the best forward in the league, regardless of what the the flashiest players do. At the end of the day, Harry is putting the most points on the board and that's what forwards are there to do. So If he can win that, I think that'd be amazing. So I say play him, JB. What are you thinking of? Yeah,
1: the only thing that I say play him, and the only reason I say is this: we've played a lot of players that haven't been hundred percent with completely with not even as close to the skill that he has. Yeah, yeah. But have been there purely for structure and whatever. And I'm people can obviously connect the dots as well. I'm speaking about so. And I think you're right, Luke. I think he needs he need that because if he loses it now, he's been up he's been he's been leading what the whole year pretty much.
2: I think after round five he took over Texas or something and yeah. or at oh, least yeah. tied it up. That's maybe maybe okay. a bit later. So most of the year, yeah. I
1: I go oh, yeah. But yeah, and especially in a season like this, you get, the only thing and even for Carlton they'd need it because they're gonna look at uh, what's the good things about the season? Sam Walsh potentially should get all Australian. Jacob Weedering should get All Australian, and Harry Mackay potentially All Australian, and Coleman. And yet, and is and yet we the... can't.
2: And yet we suck.
1: <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be, yeah, I, yeah, definitely, because just looking at past, um, just look at the precedent set by the club. They've give, they've given games to players who weren't ready, yep. and who weren't even of as, in, of importance as, as Harry and. A lot of players have been played when they're not ready purely because of structure. He, he play, I think he plays. Obviously, it's down to him and the injury. If it's too bad, obviously you can't play. But if you just put a jab in it, doesn't that usually do stuff? I don't just jab again. Get, get the jab. Get the jab. That's the jab you really need to worry about now.
2: <laughs> so, boys, I have a, I have a stat for you that came up on the a page I, I'm a big fan of on Instagram. It's memes about Carlton. Um, <laughs> get around him. When you realise that Carlton. The last time Carlton has not lost to the team that finished last was 2014. Obviously, this year, we've lost to North. Now, Hawthorne might finish last, but right now, North are on the bottom. Last year, we lost Adelaide by 16 points. 2019, we lost to Gold Coast by two points. 2018, Carlton gets the wooden spoon. 2017, Brisbane beat us by five goals. Uh, and 2016, Essendon beat us by four goals, and then in 2015 we got the wooden spoon. That's bad, isn't that there's just that's a, su- that's why that's why it's not a surprise when we lose to North, isn't it?
1: There was a, there's a, there was actually another good stat. Um, from Brett Ratten's time, he was in the eight for 73 weeks out of a possible 118. Since then, it's been I think eight out of 118 or something like that. I saw it is in the paper. I was like. I'm That's just crazy. to show how bad we've been. Like, we might have been in the finals 2013, but that was by default. And, um, <sighs> I don't even know. Yeah, what to I it was the bottom team. We can never play, we can never beat North. Takes Chris or chicken wing someone that still wouldn't win.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, I, I, I haven't even. We're not really talking about the game itself, but I'll give you my votes. And um, before I say what they are, Jaden and Tass have decided to take a stand this week. In they protest. thought the game was so appalling that they are refusing to give votes now. In order to keep Indeed. the Brad Fisher MVP award fair As in... uh, and okay. fair to fair to the players and the eventual winner my votes are going to be times by three because I, I, we've got to have, you know, three sets of votes each week for it to be fair. So lucky, lucky, uh, the nine voter to think is Patrick Cripps, uh, three goals. You know, he was one of the only ones doing anything. Um, the, the six voter goes to Jack Martin. Um, I said, I thought he had a good game. One of the only ones really providing a, a bit of a target. And, um, yeah, I thought he played well. And none the 3 voter who should be a 1 voter but he's getting 3 votes this week is Adam Saad. Um Saad just kept doing his usual thing. But um yeah, right. um one one thing we mentioned Ed Kerno's 200th. Um obviously didn't get up for him, but uh do you think it is now do you reckon we just saw the last game of Ed Kerno's career JB? What are your thoughts?
1: I Hope so. Like I mean, it's he, he's past it, and he's got him to 200. If this gets to play, you play, you play him. Good, great for him to get a goal. Obviously, not surprising we couldn't get up for him and try and win. But um, good. Thing at least get a goal. It's at, at least a highlight because he looks back at his 200th. But if it is his last game in f4 football, it's like we got smacked by the bottom team. That was my 200th. But at least he got a good goal out of it, which is which is something. Um,
2: well, I saw I, I saw a thing um, earlier, a few days ago, and the past 15 players to hit 300 games, they've celebrated their 300th game with a win. Mark Murphy should, assuming no injuries, um, he doesn't cop any more injuries, he should get there by season's end. <laughs> it would be very typical of, and this is really unfortunate for Murphy, but it'd be very typical of Mark Murphy's career for him to be the one to break that trend, to be <laughs> the one to lose. It'd be and very Carlton. It's a shame because Mark Murphy is a champion of the club, and the reality is, I think the Bet's injury allows him to get there quite easily to the three hundred mark. I hope for your sake we get a win, but yeah, is there any players, Tass, that you really want to see get a chance now that season is? all over, well, basically all over. Any players that haven't really been getting a chance?
0: Yeah, I think the obvious one's lob. Um, I'd like to see, like, O'Brien get three-run, four-run stretch to close out the year. Um, Even if it's just to up his trade value, I think that he's important and needs to be given so.
1: So isn't he uncontracted? Is he uncontracted?
0: Doesn't matter. He's still, still, it's the he's same. Sad, sad, sad. Yeah, sad was uncontracted. Okay,
2: I think so, because he's still because he's still quite young, he's restricted.
0: Yeah, yeah we don't know. Um, about the cost, so. But yeah, I would like to say that. In terms of anything else, I'd like to say, um, I don't know. No one's knocking. The, no one's knocking the door. down in the reserves. So I don't know. Maybe Brody Kemp, if he, if he, um, if they don't want to lie to us again, I guess um, you know, uh, he'd be good. Honestly, at, look,
2: I'm looking on, at the sorry. injury list. Sorry, I'm looking at the injury list. It is absurd. Some of these players, you yeah. know, I mean, players <laughs> who potentially could be best twenty-two players. You know, we've got Levi, you know, Cunningham, Charlie, Doherty gibbons march bank oscar mcdonald mcgovern murphy oh murphy's back now philp philp is a player who i would have loved to have seen come uh this this time of the season but i mean obviously he's injured pito you know i mean a lot of those guys shouldn't be best 22 players but they're guys who could be there sorry jb so
1: the first name you mentioned being first 22 What's yeah <laughs>
2: Hey, I would have really... I think he would have made it actually a big I, difference.
1: I, I, but the thing is, that's how bad it's gone. We'd, would've, he would have been all right.
2: Yeah. He would have been would've. great. But yeah, I mean... Because
1: we've... We've our like Casbolt's lucky in the fact that our forward game plan for the last five years has been bombing on his head. And he's actually he's a, good, he's a good contestant. Mark. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, we've been playing to his strengths. Usually, play to the strengths of your superstars. we play part of the strengths <laughs> of the... Not so good, but... um. But yeah, it's like 13 or 14 out and that places more, more pressure on the, or at least it gives them a, adds to the woes of the reserves team because then they've got to bring up players from their reserves and are not, not as skilled as AFL-listed players and they don't perform as well. So it's hard for anyone to really bang the door down when there's like no AFL-listed players because they're all playing in the same But But yeah, no one's, yeah. O'Brien's probably the main one. Camp obviously, if they're going to be true to their word, but that probably won't happen. And just anyone I mean, else, you can get really if they're ready, like Carroll or Durden or whoever.
2: Yeah, I'm of the opinion Ramsey, uh, if he's thereabouts, you know, just give anyone who's <laughs> available a chance to prove what they're capable of. Uh, I don't see how that's going to hinder us going forward in any way. If anything, it just means we might get a slightly better draft pick at the end of the day. But obviously, you don't want to be doing that. Um, well, is there anything you want to say before we go on to um, looking towards the next sort of week, or have you have you got do anything wanna, else you want to get off your chest?
0: Do we want to talk about the football department?
2: Yep, go. You lead that. One. You lead that one, Tess.
0: <laughs> Can't see. You. All right, throwing me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that worry no. Honestly, no. Honestly, um, I want to get your your both both of your opinion on on the football department. I'll tell you mine, and then we'll throw it around. Um, my understanding, and please, listeners, or you two, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the football department works such that there's the director of football, which is currently Jody, who's outgoing. Um, And then sitting under Juddy is Brad Lloyd, who is the football manager. Then comes the coaching panel and all the other external sort of performance, things like that. Um, And then the playing group. I would think that every decision that is made, well, not every, but every important decision that is made by the football department ultimately rests with Brad Lloyd. Now, the the one thing that I don't really understand is how much control Brad Lloyd has or elects to have over the decisions that are made by the coaching group regarding game plan and game best selection.
2: Oh, you've, gone a bit um, ro- you've gone a bit robotic, Tess. Um,
0: the, did the mic switch maybe? No, I
2: think I'll, let, I'll right edit now. this out. Yeah, you better now. I'll edit it out.
0: Um, it's all right. Don't edit it out. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I just don't really understand what Brad Lloyd's role is, to be perfectly honest, because I, I never see him ever. Like I've never I've never seen the bloke speak publicly, um, and when he does, it's on very minute topics and minute like irrelevant sort of just gibberish. Um, so my understanding is, as a manager, that he's supposed to control everything that happens in regards to the football department, but I don't really see that control being exercised anywhere. So I I can't see how this bloke seriously, has comes out of this review and still has a job there next year. If I don't really, like, un- it. like I, I just, for me, like, every decision that David Teague makes in terms of selection on game day and game plan should be approved by Brad Lloyd because that's the job of a manager. Um, so anything that, like, yeah, anything that, like, in terms of selection, for example, that doesn't ultimately rest with David Teague. It ultimately rests with Brad Lloyd because he's the head of the football department.
1: So regards to Brad, I think or surely he'd have some influence in the match committee that decides who plays, whether it's yeah. he has to give the stamp or clear or he, ha- he puts his two cents in whatever. But yeah, you look at the, because the review is of the department that he is in charge of. The review yes. is there because things haven't been performing well. And they're reviewing him. If they're reviewing him because things aren't performing well, it's up to him and it's half I'd say ultimately his fault. Yep. But I was gonna say the football department and Brad Boyd. he's like a he's like a turtle. When and I'd say then the fact that when things are good, his head's out. When things are bad, he hides he hides under his shell and you don't hear from him and you think he's um gone to a cave at Icon Park maybe he's hiding under the rubble at the new development but yeah, you don't hear much from him really I think with selection or game plan obviously the game plan rests with the coach that's obviously but with selection it's probably a few messages or influence from a match committee which would be hyper I'm sure Russell would be involved in that I don't know if he's ready Russell Teague assistant coaches and probably list manager but yeah, it's compared to like when um you see you see other clubs, you can see Richmond it's Neil Baum, he's always talking to the media almost every time. But um yeah, I don't know, it's you gotta look at other clubs and what the other clubs are doing right because when they're doing it right they win they win premierships and why should we try and do something else different when it clearly hasn't worked or it's not working and the way that everyone else is doing that he, that are winning is working. Why shouldn't we try and take some cues off them? But yeah, i just, he's, he's not obviously, yeah, it's, it's probably a given that he's not going to come out of this good.
2: I don't, I say, don't really, sorry.
1: So yeah, I'd say he's, he's probably, if he had to pick anyone, he's, he's probably not going to, he's probably going to be one of the ones that aren't at the club. Obviously he's might work hard and whatever, but I think just, the way the cards are going to fall, he's not going to come out of it pretty well.
2: I'm, I'm no expert when it comes to the football department and how the actual logistics of how it all works and all that. I definitely don't know enough about all of that. However, I definitely think there's a breakdown in and amongst it somewhere. And at the end of the day, if he is the one who is at the top of the, the mountain, he's the head honcho. He needs to be the one who fixes that. And it's clearly not being fixed, whatever this issue is. You know, one week the issue might be something that's on field, the next week it might be something that's off field. Now, he can be battling all the issues we want off field, but at the end of the day, on field, we've been terrible and nothing's changed. It comes down to a lot of people. Brad Lloyd is someone who will obviously get looked at, as you said. Teague is someone who is always going to get looked at. All of the individual coaches, everyone gets looked at, but yeah, sorry.
1: So didn't they say Teague wasn't going to be looked at? And that's half the problem. Something, something about him that's not half being the directly involved in the review, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I yeah.
0: Le came out. J came out on in his one one yearly appearance, and said that Teague wasn't subject to the external review. Well, you know, and we've been over this in previous episodes. Um, but, like, quite frankly, how can the coach who is, like, 2IC of the football department cannot be part of the whole review but, of the football department?
2: <laughs> but LeJudice's got nothing to do with the review, doesn't he? It's all, it's Sayers. It's Luke Sayers coming
0: in. What, so- exactly. This is this is the problem. This is another problem yeah. in itself. I mean, we don't have time to get into it all, but, like, where's the power? is still the president now, but Luke Sayers is head of the review. Okay, I understand that. But... Like why isn't Judy Champ making comment on the review when it's Luke Says' point of call?
2: And you know what else this, you know what this makes me feel like? It, it there's clicks in this club. There's
0: oh, there is. 100%. The, there's there's
2: the, there's the group who hangs out over here, they they hang out and they're the loud ones, and then there's the group over here that's eat lunch over near the bin and they everyone shits on them. It's like it's it's literally like that. If if play officials and players are getting protected over other people even though everyone is equal everyone is equal everyone has to be looked at from a neutral perspective if people are getting sorted that's not that's not an external review that's bullshit that's just it's a waste of time it's a waste of resources yeah, one, I, mean, um, I, I mean i'm glad you brought this up because i didn't hear about this so i, I try and avoid listening to carlton um, yeah, one um, carlton people talking because it just pisses me off these days to be honest
1: yeah one group's one group's sitting eating lunch in the nice cafe and the other one's sitting on broken chairs in the hero stand um, it feels a little clicky and it's like you're my mates so you're going to come out of the review looking pretty good obviously I don't know if that, that for a fact but it seems like that would happen and it obviously um denigrate the integrity of what the review is for but um, would um, do you want to keep talking about this because I was going to bring up another yeah, point
0: let's, let, where let's, does, let's keep
1: where does where does Kane Little come into this you would find yeah okay
0: this is another interesting point because I'm, I'm personally I'm torn on Kane Little um, some people are saying that he he's doing a really good job um, because we've seen now increases in membership and you know the redevelopment and and the way that he's, he's helped grow the women's side of the game at our club um, and look I, I, I 100% agree like it's all been fantastic since he came in but at the end of the day I mean, the whole objective of the football club is to win football games and win premierships. And has he changed at all the way in which we're going about doing that? For me, no, he hasn't. He hasn't done any of that. As, um,
2: as we've said in the past, it's it's uh, it's all a business, it seems. it's It's like we forgot that we are fundamentally a football club we we act like a business yeah, and, and and the
0: players are employees and and i'll be honest with you i'll be honest with you i saw something today that really did my head in i got an email from the club today that said that the for the this constant this constitution this constitution amendment
2: constitution
0: do you think there was anything football related in there
1: no actually let me find the email
0: oh well, I'm, I'm gonna before for, i keep going so i don't so i don't dig myself into a wall here about what i'm saying It's just loading up. It, it,
1: provisions of voting rights. That's all it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Minimum terms. So, so there's so there's
0: improvements. Yeah. So, so there's so l- listen to the five amendments here, right? Recognition of First Nations people, promotion of diversity, expansion of voting members, meetings of members, AFLW players recognized equally, improvements to board governance and other minor improvements. Right? Now my understanding is that there's some elements of the constitution that include what the objective of the club is. And it outlines every objective from what I've heard. And I haven't actually looked this up. So don't hold me to it. But from what I've heard, winning football games is not one of the top four objectives in our constitution as a football club.
2: And you you Um, know what the thing is as well, all those, all everything that was that you listed is fantastic. It's awesome. It's great to see that the club wants to do that. But at the end of the day, the number one priority is to win football, AFL and AFLW. You want to win yep. games. And we failed yep. in AFLW too.
1: Yep. I was just going to say, it might seem like a menial, something very small, something very trivial. True. But it's what the football club is about. It's something so small. It's been recently just been just getting the small things in every, in anything. Football, just getting the small things right goes a long way. And it's a small thing, but it sets you up. know like the overarching belief of this club which is the constitution how the which is what what the constitution really is it's a document that governs the club says you exist really and how you're governed and if you're not governed by if you're obviously governed by the constitution the constitution says nothing about winning football games it's it's it does speak it speaks volumes despite it being only a few words in a book when you really break it down but but it's it's, like it always
0: yeah, it's like you said. It's the small things, but it's it, they all they all point to the same thing, and and that is that the club doesn't care about winning games. They don't care, and of course, like of course, deep down they care, but do they show us that they care? No, they don't, because if they did, David Teague would not be the senior coach right now. If they did, we wouldn't be getting an email every week about what the club's doing off the field. If they did. We would have seen improvement from the salary cap issues to now, but we haven't. Nothing's changed in twenty years. I've been, I've been alive. We've been alive twenty two years, twenty three this year, and it's actually your birthday in two days. Well, it's not, isn't it? Yeah, I just realised that. We'd be quiet. We don't talk um, about that. It exist. We don't talk about that. Um, but yeah, in our twenty three years of life, what has changed at this football club? Nothing. Um, it's been the ring around, mate. It's the same um, thing. We've got
1: different jumpers. We've
0: got a re-de- we've got a redevelopment. Two actually. Two, true. Two. The, anything the
1: worth princes, mentioning?
2: Anything worth mentioning is off-field stuff. Let's be honest. Exactly. Clark's
1: gone. Had like four
2: names.
0: Anything notable?
2: Um, the only notable thing that's happened on the field is Chris Judd winning a brown though in a Carlton jumper. Yep. Yep. And I and I think that's fair enough. Obviously, we, we've won a few finals. Um, well, wait, how many finals have we won? One or two? Just the one. Just the one. Oh, two, two, two,
0: two, 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 two. 2011 two, and 2013. 2013. Uh, yeah, yeah, but exactly. one, one was by default. Because we and
1: shouldn't even have then, been there. We only able to use that for three years until Richmond started to win a flag. They actually yeah, got exactly. their act together and, and won flags. Um,
2: and the, the most frustrating thing about this club for me is we've been in the same position... As so many other clubs in the league, and then you watch that 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 one that same club just go and do so much better than us over the course of the next two three seasons, and we just Brisbane's stay at the, the bottom. Brisbane's Brisbane the is one. Brisbane is always going to be the one that we compare ourselves to. But look, you look at like an Adelaide, they're down. They're coming up north. They were up there. They've come back down. Before you know it, they'll be up there again. They've got some good young players. We we saw it. On Saturday, I don't think they're great, but they've got players. I hate North, but you've got to respect that Essendon. Look at them. They can, they're a chance at finals. That should be us.
0: We don't talk but about that. At, but <laughs> but, you but you it's at, the
2: reality, Tass.
1: You look at those those teams, I'll say those teams, on paper, I'd say our talent is a lot better. It is. And the centre point of them actually doing half decent, at least North Melbourne doing decently recent times. Adelaide uh, when they beat Hawthorne last year, beat us. That so second half of the year, Essen in this year, there's a belief and a set, like a set culture and a set mindset. It doesn't really make sense, but like a, but there's a, like a group, a, like a group understanding. It's a mentality. They know what they want to do. They're here. They're there to win games. They play. They're there to play football, and we're not really seeing that. You saw how quickly Richmond turned it round. I think 2016 they were going nowhere. They how quickly a change in culture did for them. Like, and arguably they may not have had the best list, but they still want a premiership off teamwork. But we've got this, ta- we've got talented players. So, we've got so got really what, talented players, but just can't do anything.
2: One thing I was going to do with you guys sort of towards the end of the season, uh, maybe once the season was right. done, was I was going to pose this thing to you where I looked at, I basically broke down our best eighteen best six defenders, best six midfielders, including Ruckman, and best six forwards, compare those players to other teams as best teams. So it's like a 1v1, who would you rather have? And you get a point for each one. I was going to compare it. I was going to do it. But at the end of the day, I already know the result. And we're going to be outscoring, I think, most of the teams that are sitting seventh and below. Most of, if not all of them. We would we would win that one v one contest of like the, the best eighteen.
1: We would Weedering win. Weedering or McGovern kind of thing. Yeah,
2: Weedering versus McGovern, Mackay versus Taylor Walker. You know, stuff like that. I think we would beat pretty much every team that's seventh and below, maybe besides one or two. But the fact the what... fact of the matter is, yeah, we might beat them on paper, which as we've said, we should win but it just depends on whether we rock up on the day and we never rock yeah. up on the day. And at the end of the day, that just means we're not that good. Maybe we just overrate all of these players. There's a reason why we're a laughing stock to the rest of the league It's because us Carlton fans were delusional in thinking that it's, stuff's going to change when in reality it never does. It never has. And it never will unless there is a change in mentality, just an overall clean out and change. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say.
0: Do you know what it is? You know, you know what it is. It, it all comes back to, um, yeah, club culture definitely. But what I see in North Melbourne and what I saw in Adelaide last year was a structure that they could default to, was a structure that they could play to. However basic it was, to regardless of who their opposition not to, but regardless of who their opposition was, you know, North Melbourne's trying to play through the middle regardless of who their opposition is. That's just what they do. That, that's that's the way David Noble's got them set up. And the longer they continue to do that, the longer they have that basic premise, those basic fundamentals of their game plan that stay no matter who they're playing against, the more they can adapt their game plan to who they're playing against later.
2: And, and that's and,
0: what we don't have.
2: And it makes it easier for a situation like we had on the weekend. You look at Crips go forward. Because there's that game plan in place, Crips just says, okay, I need to play Harry's role. Harry does this, 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 and this. I need to do this, 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 and this. Yeah, Krips just stood there he didn't know what to do Krips is the, our best player second best player arguably now but you know he's a, he's the champion of our football club and he had no idea what to do it's a joke it's, a, it's it's it makes it it's actually embarrassing it's actually embarrassing
1: it makes it it just makes it that much worse when you've got so much talent like if we had 22 jared Cashes, I wouldn't really be complaining about the team because it's it's like you yeah, we're not great but you've got great players. You're gonna have three all Australians, and you do nothing.
2: And and at the end of the day, the biggest letdown I think over the past fifteen years for the football club has been our player development, and it's it that, that is also gonna become That is one of the biggest issues we've had. Like the I can't think of many players who we've drafted outside of the first round who have really gone on to do anything.
0: Like the and there's,
2: there's very few. And that has shouldn't be. the case.
1: Simpson, That's about it.
0: Has DNA it been, our, yeah, but has it been our development or has it been our selection? Because I'd, you could argue I'd that say, it hasn't I'd say, been. I'd
1: say it's both.
0: You could argue that it hasn't been so much development as it's been selection, because we've now seen that players like Paddy Dow and and Samo, and um, I'm sorry, Samo can be and, thrown
2: in that same bracket, in my opinion. I can't put not Dow's bracket that. for
0: sure, but yeah, um, but still, like, there. Oh no, we've I think we've cooked Samo. Well, yeah, I, so
2: think, like, I, th- I yeah. think those those players are hard to say. Like, their top five picks or top 10 picks, like, they're, they're going to make it at some level. Like, they're going to make it, whether they're a top 10 pick on the field, like, in terms of how they play, doesn't matter. But realistically, those guys should be making it and being the best 22, whether they're the best player or the 22nd player, they'll be in there. We need guys Almost. like... We need, like, someone... When's the last time we got, like, a Tom Williamson who was actually like a lock in for the best 22 Jack Silvani Jack Silvani that's the only and one that I can he was think was
1: son he wasn't going to get taken early anyway
2: but that's that's it like, it's 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 that yeah, was it was no, an easy selection for us everyone knew we were going no, to get
0: him I don't know I just think there's our no recruitment like, between 2008 to like 20 to before 2015 other than creeps was just absolutely abysmal and that's what's hurting us now as well because we don't like have players no... in that 28 29 30 26 27 28 29 30 bracket.
1: Yeah, there's no good. like um there's no like Tom Stewart getting picked up pick 50. Yeah. Like James Warple pick 60, pick 60 or something. Taylor Walk was like pick 70. He's kicked 4 500 goals. Like there's a lot, poor, poor poor. there's so many of them where they've been 40 to 50 just like where you might see, oh, there might be something wrong with them that you can fix. Like James Walpole apparently couldn't kick, but he's one of Hawthorne's best midfielders. Like this, where you can have the not development. Getting, it's, I think not, it's both.
2: We're not getting guys who are going to contribute something at the end of the day. But look, we've 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 gone on a rant for um we've gone on a rant for a while here, and I think a lot of this stuff incredible. we should we should uh we should save for maybe the end of the season when we do our sort of season in review sort of thing but i think yeah, we should probably move on for our own good and for the listeners sake because they're probably just going to get sore ears by the end of this unless there's um, any final things you want to say
0: final no no things. let's just let, let's let's
2: wrap you wanted the alarm bell jb you can do an alarm, alarm bell, bell. I thought this the was alarm all bell. an alarm bell
1: this this why this cover story that apparently Harry and Ben Mackay are two different people <laughs> is on thin ice because we saw it again. And then, even then, Ben Mackay went off with a toe injury, which I found pretty funny. It's like the that twin well, he went off with yeah, you feel the twins' <laughs> pain and or something like that. But the arm bells are ringing for that for that why for that cover. I think it's well, on, on thin all, ice and it's going to get found out pretty soon.
2: But um, all I'll they've say actually is been
0: that, seen together. <laughs>
2: All I'll say is I Main haven't room. seen them together since that draft photo. Yeah, that's. And, what I was gonna say. and the if I mean I'm not going to go I'm not going to say it if um you haven't seen it, but if you've heard about the Brazilian woman rumor, <laughs> it, it, it's seemingly more and more uh, real every every day that goes by. But we we'll all um,
1: we'll have a good WhatsApp. Yeah, message. a good
2: old WhatsApp message. But um, what's happening? We'll look towards next week. We have the same. We have to. <laughs> Yeah, we got it. Unfortunately, we've got the Saints. Um, I'll just go straight into my prediction. I think we're losing by four goals, and that's being generous. I think. <laughs> I think. The, the, I mean, the, the obvious highlight is going to be Charlie Kerno if he does play, and I think Brody Kemp if he plays. I think it's important that we celebrate any sort of debutant, or if anyone else debuts, who knows. But um, I'm really excited to see Charlie if he gets out there. Not going to expect the, him to set the world on fire, but I think it'll be great to see him there. Uh, but yeah, I think we lose to the Saints. Help them get a shot at the the top eight and keep their hopes alive. JB, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I, I I'm I'm the same. We just don't play well against Saint Kilda Marvel, Marvel. They play really well. At Marvel, obviously good for them. It's they don't play the G, they don't play the Grand Final there, so it doesn't really matter. But um, I'm just I'm really keen <laughs> to see. Yeah, maybe a debutant, but which very average St Kilda player is going to have the game of his life against us? Jack Loney or something? Dan Butler. One
2: of
0: them. Dan Butler.
2: He's even in the team these days, Richmond, I don't
0: know. Brad Hill will probably turn it around.
2: Ah, he's been playing all right lately, Give him credit there.
0: George is one of those, you it's know, worth you know 800K in two first, first rounds. No, oh, you could say that about
2: if you can' plays a pass.
1: That's all I'm looking forward to. Which ones is going to bob up and have the game of their life against us? Because it's hey, it's Carlton. They don't really, really care. So, but yeah, That's, I'd, I'd go four thinking? to five. It'd be comfortable for them, I think. We won't get near it, especially the way they played against Melbourne against uh, North Melbourne. We'll of
0: beat course. them by fifty points.
2: Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it wouldn't ever even,
1: surprise even... me. It's not even, Tass, Tass, as, as much as I love you, it's not even blind Carlton optimism at this point. I think it's almost verging on stupidity thinking we're going to win.
0: It um, is verging on stupidity. But, um, so, no, we won't. We'll, we'll get absolutely hammered. I, I wouldn't be surprised if You'd be. Uh, it'd that's be that's our biggest loss. I mean, I can't believe our biggest loss was to 18th, but I, I reckon this, this will be our biggest loss. Well,
2: gee, the optimism is high right now, but... Um, should we get through the Forgotten Blue quickly? We've got five minutes.
0: Yeah, let's finish it off on a lighter yep. note. All right. We've got All the, right. We've
2: got, we've got the Forgotten Blue. test. take us away.
0: Okay. This play originally came to Carlton in the 2010 rookie draft from the Northern Knights under 18s. Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Sorry, this play just makes me laugh. Uh, 2010 rookie draft. Okay from Northern Knights under 18s. His grandfather, Terry Benton, had represented North Melbourne in 77 games from 63 to 69. And this player was considered one of the finest footballers of his age group. Jesus. (laughs) Having played the the first of his 21 TAC Cup matches for the Knights at the age of 16... He was a tough inside midfielder and a punishing tackler, and had previously co-captained Vic Metro under 16s with Tom Scully, the number one pick of the 2009 national draft. Is this Jared Keisha? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did, did JB make it. you think of him? Before? No, no. I, five minutes before JB said that, I was like, oh, we haven't got a forgotten blue. So I pulled up Jared Keisha because I figured we hadn't done him. And then five minutes later, John goes, he's like Jared Keisha. And that's why I laughed when he said it.
1: Good, um, good story about his... Um, I don't want to slander him too much. He's probably not going to be listening, like, doesn't matter. Good um, story about his how his VCE went is pretty interesting. If you do know it, is, it is very funny. and um, um Yeah went to went to school with uh, our former alma mater or we'll, or we'll, won't say the name you can figure it out yourself. But um yeah, good story about how he finished his uh, year twelve studies. But um it was I was every time I think of Jared Cash and it's not often anymore, but um in that year <laughs> it was two thousand nine it was him and Dan Hanabry was like he Dan Hanabry was a Xavier captain, he was a football and they they were pretty much alike in terms of how good they were at school level, and just to see the vast difference in career path that they've both had is a—I uh, always find it just a uh, fascinating.
2: Yeah, you look at Dan Hannanbury; he's one of the best Brownlow vote getters, sort of of our lifetime, really. And then, at least in his fit years, he was always in the top five of the Brownlow pretty much every year when he was at Sydney. Jared Casey oh. couldn't even get a game, so um, yeah, good. It's an interesting comparison when you think about it like that. Should, we have, should I read um, his?
0: Uh, yeah, we've recent got, history. We've
2: got, we've got two minutes, so be quick.
0: 2015, Keisha played with Richmond's VFL team. 2016, Keisha returned to the Sandville team, Norwood. 2017 to 18, Keisha played for Strathmore in the EDFL. 2019, Keisha transferred to Aberfeldy. That's a huge move. Who were also in the EDFL. 2020, Keisha signed to play for Golden Square in the Bendigo Football League. And in 2021, Keisha signed for Vaffa. And I won't say who. You can figure that out yourselves.
1: But, um, so, so the Aberfeldy <laughs> to Strathmore is like a, going from United like you know, to... Con- like,
0: yeah, it's, it's a bit, bit it's of that in it? Big move. A huge move.
2: Well, there you go. Jared Keisha, very good Forgotten Blue this week. And um, I did have one in uh, ready for us, but uh, I'm glad you went with that one. It's a bit funnier. But... um. Obviously, Daddy. today, this episode has been uh, a bit of a, a venting session for, I think, the three of us. And I think it's we've shared some feelings that a lot of people will have. So we hope you enjoyed what we had to offer. And I'm sure there will be more of this for the next no, six months. But, um yeah, try and keep the faith baggers out there. And, uh, yeah, there's not much else to say. I think until next time. Unfortunately, I'm going to say go Blues.